behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. I don't know about you, Minnesota sports fans or sports fans in general, but didn't today, November 1st, 2022, feel like if you put your phone down for five minutes, you were going to look at it and there were going to be five notifications for like some gigantic mega blockbuster trade in the NFL today. It was just absolutely insane. And we're going to break it all down here on the Score North Taxi Squad. Welcome in, everybody. I'm one of the cabbies on duty tonight, Jason Stormer. I'm joined by the usual suspects tonight. We got AJ Fredrickson and Artis Woods. Guys, <sighs> I'm still trying to get my breath today. What? A, just This is one of the craziest NFL trade deadlines that I can remember, not just with what the Vikings did today, but just all across the league. What a day. What a day. Yeah, it's it's been insane. It's been insane. I definitely was, you know, at work every two seconds trying to refresh my my <laughs> Twitter feed to see what news would come out, what moves were made. And it was hey, it was worth your while today. If you were if you were active and not busy and you were able to do that, it was worth your while. It was a lot of good trades. The Vikings made a pretty good one that we will get into. But yeah, it's it's been it's been a pretty good day for sports. I'd say that it's it's been very solid. Yeah, it felt like Christmas came right right after Halloween. I don't know about you, but it was Literally. just it was crazy. Like just the names of the superstars that were flying out there, like Bradley, like Bradley Chubb, obviously TJ Hawkinson coming in here, but it just and obviously there were other things going on in sports too. There were some crazy things going on in the NBA that we may touch on while we're talking Timberwolves too. But just man, no shave November, just kicking it off, guys. I I love it. I, I can't get enough of this. I I love when we got busy trade deadlines and the NFL rarely has them like this. And I saw an article that like Peter King for sports illustrated said, Oh yeah. NFL execs don't expect a busy trade deadline this year. Baloney. Are you kidding me? We got a, one of the best ones ever. So much fun. Yeah. I mean, today was crazy in terms of just all the news and whatnot, but I, I think we should just maybe hop right into it. With Go ahead, Vikings. man. Trading yes. for TJ Hawkinson. We knew Irv Smith jr. Was hurt we didn't know maybe how long until after the, the announcement ad subsequently pu- uh, placed on the IR for the foreseeable future, I believe. And it, is it confirmed? Uh, it's that a it's 10, his... it's a eight to 10 week prognosis, high ankle sprain. With, don't know when he did it though. I, I don't with, remember with Irv. Going. I'm going to say you could add probably another four to eight weeks on top of that. Just to be <laughs> yeah. Wow. Honestly. Ouch. Um, and I feel bad for the guy because is there a less fulfilling like Vikings career than what we've seen so far with Irv Smith Jr.? I've heard nothing but great raving reviews about him from inside the locker room and people that watch the all 22s and blah, blah, blah. I, I There's not enough sample size to where we've actually gotten to see the whole Irv Smith project unleashed. I, I feel terrible for the guy. It's like you get the keys to a Camaro and then it's like, all right, but keep it in the driveway. What? So I'm, I'm going <laughs> mm-hmm. five miles per hour back and forth and back. I can't, you can't let me, let me get out on the highway and unleash this puppy. Um, I, I, you got to feel for the guy, but at the same time, I love that Quasi says we have a need. We have the team. Let's go out and make one equal two. So they, they add a big, big move in division 
<laughs> which is insane. As yeah. Like, a lot of people maybe were thinking, all right, they got Johnny Munton. Johnny Munton, how about efficiency on Sunday? One catch for one yard with one touchdown. I saw somebody do a, a bad edit on, on Twitter that was uh, the, the Randy Moss, uh, what was it, Thanksgiving Day where he had three catches or whatever, but it was just Johnny Munton, and it said one catch, one yard, one TD. <laughs> My um, man, my man. But TJ Hawkinson, this this guy, I mean, he's a stud. You, you know about you know about Travis Kelsey, and you know about George Kittle, you know about Darren Waller, and Mark Andrews. I guess this year has been emerging oh, as oh, an elite tight end oh, as well. Yes, Dallas Goddard. But Dallas Goddard. Dallas, Dallas Goddard's good. Yeah, I guess maybe Dalton Schultz. But Zach I think Hertz is still doing good out in Arizona. TJ Hawkinson, that's a <laughs> that's a big name in the tight end world. The yes. guy, I mean. He can block like he he's not he's not uh, Irv Smith Jr. I think at times we saw maybe struggled in that aspect. He's going to block for you, but he's also I it was uh, KSTP and uh, the scores very uh, score North's very own Darren Doogie Wolfson, who uh, I'm going to say it because this is verbatim what he what he tweeted to the timeline earlier. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. Do you know what I'm alluding to here? I don't believe so. He tweeted. Hey, everybody, here's some TJ Hawkinson porn for your timeline. <laughs> and just tweeted a nice little highlight reel. Um, just unbelievable to see, like, that's the guy that the Vikings went out, assessed the situation, pennied up the price, and now they're bringing him back. Uh, would, should they have maybe done something on defense? You could argue it. You could argue it. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't I wouldn't argue, argue against you. But – this gets me excited. This this gets my heart pumping a little faster. The blood is moving a little faster through the veins. I I'm excited to see how quickly they can work them in because we've all heard of the uh, KOC's offense is going to be this tough blah blah blah. How how quickly can he adjust? That being said, I don't think we've seen maybe the trickeration and the like complexity that. Um, was hyped up leading into the season. I I've been a little underwhelmed to say with the play calling at times. Um, not that I'm expecting them to bust out the circus tricks on, you know, a weekly basis. Um, but I'm not seeing like a complexity that, uh, that everybody was hyping up. So um, maybe it won't be that part of a transition. And maybe he understands the X's and O's a lot more than some dumb moron. Like I, I do, but um, in terms of the trade, I say, great. I say great. I have the, the value, sure. It, it, you can talk about it all day long. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know what TJ Hawkinson is. You don't know what that second round pick is going to be. You don't know mm -hmm. what that fourth round pick is going to be. They, they could be great on paper, but can they pan out and become equal value or surpass a TJ Hawkinson that you're getting right now this very second? I'm not sure. So I like to trade. I mm -hmm. like it as well. I'm not going to lie. I, I do like the trade as well. I want to get the negative out of the way first. My <laughs> first thought when I saw this, though, was Vikings get something for the defense. AJ, you brought it up earlier, and I'm saying it again. Like, yes, yes. I'm going to get to how much I love the trade in a second. But, I mean, the Vikings have one of the worst passing uh, defenses in the league right now. Rush defense, I believe, is like top 10. But against the pass, I think they'll rake like 28 or 27. Total defense, they'll rake like 27, 28. And so the defense needs help. And I got to be honest, guys, come postseason time, because at this point, the Vikings are six and six and one. And I'm starting to think, okay, if they can keep this momentum, I'm thinking postseason time, can the Vikings make a run? 
I still think they can make a run, but that defense is 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 potentially going to be a problem in the future. Now, that's out of the way. I want to get to the positive because the positives because I'm a positive, optimistic guy. I love the trade, and shout <laughs> out to not only the Minnesota Vikings, but the Minnesota Timberwolves for showing the aggression mm. and going out and getting big fish when they are available. I love it. TJ Hawk, TJ Hawkinson is one of the best tight ends in the league. He's definitely a top 10 guy, in, in my opinion, at his position. You can make an argument that he's top seven, top six at his position. Playing with the organization in the Lions who are not known for winning. Let's just be honest. They don't win a lot of football games. So you're coming from the Lions. You're coming to the Vikings who are 6-1. and one. He's going to play amp. He's going to play excited because he knows he has an opportunity to go and make a playoff run, potentially a Super Bowl championship run. This offense now really has no holes. The offensive line has been playing outstanding, in my opinion. They have been great so far uh, this season. The receiving core is there. Everyone's there for the most part. Everyone's healthy. The running back tandem, we always talk about Dalvin Cook. We always talk about um, Madison. They're they're solid. The only question mark down the stretch is going to be Kirk Cousins, which brings me to him. There's another level of pressure that is being added to Kirk Cousins' plate. You have everything you need. You have a decent or solid enough offensive line. You have running backs. You have receivers. You have a top 10 tight end now. You got to go in there and get the job done week in, week out. Come playoff time, same thing. Come prime time time, same thing. You got to go in there and get the job done. But I I can appreciate the aggression because this is something that I feel like we haven't seen from a lot of Minnesota teams, at least the Minnesota teams that I watch. We haven't seen a lot of aggressive moves, moves that say, hey, we're looking to go in a championship right now. Mm. And so to see that happen today, Honestly, I did. I don't know if I expected the Vikings to make a move. I, I really didn't. And when the move was made, I was like, oh, okay. The Vikings are like, hey, we see a window. The NFC is still wide open. The Eagles are 7-0, but even me as an Eagles fan, I don't view them as a juggernaut. I don't view them as a team that can't be beat on any given Sunday, like how some may have viewed the the Rams last year and may have, like like how some view the, the Bills and maybe even the Chiefs. Um, I still think they're great they're a great team obviously but a juggernaut is a is uh, kind of a stretch and so the <laughs> nfc is there for the taking it is there and you go make a move like this it just shows hey we believe in this team we believe in what we can accomplish and i like it i still say hey the defense the, mm. the defense is the defense and i think at this point now that the trade deadline is over with and there's really no big fish out there in free agency as far as defense is concerned we have to now understand that this defense is what it is. They're going to give up points. So it's about can the Minnesota Vikings outscore you week in and week out. And at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. they have the offensive firepower to do it. They have the offensive coach to do it. They have everything they need to go out there and outscore you. Now it's just a matter of them actually, excuse me, executing and and getting it done. Mm. I want to give credit to Bill Guerin (laughs) real quick on this. Why not? Because, Artis, you you said – that it seems like we haven't seen a lot of Minnesota teams maybe make that aggressive move that says, hey, we're here, you got to take us seriously. And I feel like this this has been a slow trend because it's gone franchise by franchise to the Mm -hmm. point where, like, are we changing the Minnesota sports culture slightly? Are we switching it a little bit? Last year, Minnesota Wild trade deadline, Huge splash acquiring mm-hmm. Hall, future Hall of Famer Mark Andre Fleury and goal, who's now uh, subsequently their 
uh, you know, main goaltender on most nights. In the offseason, the Minnesota Timberwolves, new GM, Rudy Gobert, who has been, what, averaging a double-double for them as advertised, as, as I've been told. For a yep. guy who I, you know, for a guy, for a guy who uh, has watched approximately 37 seconds of the NBA so far this season. It's not the same as me, to be <laughs> honest with you. I've you know? heard that he's been phenomenal. <laughs> but now the Vikings. Quasi Adolfo Men- uh, Mensa, Kevin O'Connell, they're in the war room. They're saying, how can we shake this up? Let's look at these other. I don't, we're, we are not Minnesota sports. We transcend the, the cloud, the musk of, oh, it's, we'll just go around and we'll oh, kick moral it. victories. Oh, but, but hey, guys, we were competitive. We got to yeah. win. No, they say we're going all in. <laughs> we're going for the NFC uh, North Championship. We're going for the NFC title game. We're looking to go to the Super Bowl and we're looking to get that Super Bowl. Because everybody out there deserves it. You, the fan, watching, listening, whatever you're doing, we, we're not. A, we're not. A, I, I got lost there. We're not a video. We're not a video podcast yet. Not a video podcast yet. 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 Um, out there listening, you deserve it, and they know it. All of these GMs, maybe not the well, or maybe not the the twins yet. Maybe not the twins yet. Um, they know that you deserve it, and they're willing to put the future of the franchise. For the sake of your pleasure right now, and I think that is, uh, I think that's a good trend. So credit to Bulgarian for setting the trend. <laughs> credit to, uh, I, I, this is terrible because I just had a, I think a pretty decent rant about it. But who's who's the GM of the Wolves now? I forget his name. Uh, oh, Tim Connolly. Okay, I want to say Phil Collins, but that's not. <laughs> Phil, Phil, I want to say Phil Connolly, but that was that's just not it. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah. Um, oh, hold and now, on. And now Quasi, Quasi, I. I Quasi might be, he might have the biggest set of cojones right now. He, he's been making moves like nobody, (laughs) he came in, he said, we're sticking with Kirk. And then we did this and then I'm not listening to Jim Harbaugh. I'm going with my guy KOC. And then we're going to go out there and we're going to win every game except for those Eagles. And now, Hey, (laughs) we are going to make a splash. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. just a little kiddie pool. He did a cannonball. He, he, he looked like I don't know if you guys have seen the breakdowns of this from John Boy, but it's like the the international cannonball world championships. It's oh, these wow. like four hundred pound dudes on a high dive, and they just go, <laughs> oh yes. god, they just oh, drop wow. in there from I've the high. It. I bet those waves get super high up too. Just he just had a four hundred pound cannonball from twenty Ooh. feet above the water. This <sighs> this is the move that I want to see from Quasi. I love it. I'm all for it. I I don't don't talk to me about the salary cap. Don't talk no. to me about oh, but the future picks and this guy. Uh, but, but, but I don't care. That guy that you want to draft, he's got a 1.3 GPA. He can't understand a basic ar- arithmetic. Let's get TJ Hawkinson in here because he understands that one catch equals six points, and that's going to help the Vikings win. Amen. Jeez, preach. Uh, yeah, I love the move. I said last week I, I want a splash move. I was probably even leaning more towards offense than than you two as well. And like you, you guys are right, it is very refreshing. Just this last batch of general managers here in town just are not afraid to just go after big moves. The Twins, I mean, yes, the Twins probably have some work to do, but signing Carlos Correa, I mean, that was the biggest free agent they'd ever signed in history. Bill Guerin, obviously, we know what he can do. We know, like, what he can do with locker rooms, who he can bring in, bringing in guys like Flurry, all that stuff. Obviously, Tim Connolly ain't afraid to just walk into an office and five minutes later say, like, all right, let's make a gigantic big trade. It's really refreshing, like you guys said, that 
just Minnesota teams ain't really acting like Minnesota teams right now. And even if the results are still left to be desired quite yet, and there's still plenty to prove with the Vikings, it's still just really encouraging that we're just not going like a very passive aggressive way about just trying to win around here. And I think that's just because we haven't won in this town in a long time for a lot of these teams besides the Lynx, go for hockey occasionally. I mean, it's just, it, this is awesome. But with Hawkinson itself, you're right, AJ, I don't give a damn about the picks. So we're giving up a fourth rounder. Or no, we're getting a fourth rounder, but we're giving up a second and a third. And obviously we're getting Hawkinson. Frankly, that that's a pretty even trade if you ask me. I don't think we really fleece the Lions by any means. Um, I did see something that this is only like the second time ever that the Lions have traded a player in the division in their entire history. Now, they've traded draft picks for the draft. Obviously, they did that with the Vikings in this past draft, but they've never traded a player in the division. Well, they've only done it one other time, and the Lions have been around since like the 50s, so that's that's pretty crazy. Um, so what I'm kind of wanting to draw this parallel to is that this kind of reminds me of the 2020 Minnesota Twins for some reason. Because the clamoring for that team in that offseason, going into that season, was that a lot of the fans wanted that organization to add pitching. But they didn't really do a whole lot. They got a couple guys, but still, there were a lot of people that were like, eh, maybe the Twins should have done more. But what they did to maybe kind of supplement all that, and they had a pretty successful season, even though it was shortened by the COVID year, they got Josh Donaldson to double down on the Bomba Squad offense. And even though Josh Donaldson was pretty okay as a twin, we traded him to the Yankees and that worked really great for the Yankees. That's kind of the parallel I'm drawing here with the Vikings. For all we know, Quazy was on the phone with plenty of teams about getting defensive help, whether that's at corner, maybe even linebacker. Um, I know we had questions about Eric Kendricks, but he's a legacy Viking, so we give him a lot of benefit of the doubt. But I think a lot of people were starting to question Jordan Hicks. He had a really, really good game against his old team um, in the Arizona Cardinals. So maybe there was some linebacker potential there, and there were big linebackers obviously moved like Bradley Chubb, uh, Roquan Smith. Um, is Robert Quinn technically a linebacker artist? No, he's defensive end. He can, he can play some line. He can play some okay. uh, linebacker, but right. mainly so, edge rusher. Right. So who knows? We, we, we don't know. We don't know who the Vikings maybe were on the phone with. Maybe just deals fell through for some defensive help. And maybe the backup plan potentially was, was like, all right, if we can't really get as much help on defense that maybe we thought we could here at the deadline, how about we just double down on the offense? And maybe that's the case here with Hawkinson. Either way, I love the move. Um, now, granted, this is probably more or less a contingency because of the Irv Smith injury, obviously him probably being out for most of the rest of the season now. But that tight end room really wasn't going going to take you too far with Johnny Munt and Ben Ellison. No disrespect to those guys, but those are those are backup players. And even though Johnny Munt caught that touchdown, that was all great. One catch, one receiving yard, one touchdown. Perfect stat line, if you ask me. Um, it just it wasn't it wasn't going to be able to it wasn't an option long term for the season. It just wasn't. Well, um, I didn't expect a guy like Hawkinson to really be available because you, I don't know. I mean, sure. He's, he's got his fifth year option coming up and I believe the Lions did pick that up. So the Vikings are on the hook for, I believe 9 million next year for him. But this year, the, what the reason why the trade worked out is because Hawkinson is only making like 900 K right now. And I believe the Vikings had like somewhere between like 1.3, 1.5 left in cap space. So that's kind of why this trade worked out. Cause when I saw this trade, and I was just like, wait, how did we even, how, how is it even possible that we could even trade for a player of this caliber? 
Those rookie scale contracts, man, they are just fantastic. He will be on the hook next season. We're going to have to restructure some contracts that probably will come in the form of Eric Kendricks. Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, that was an option for a restructure as well, an extension, but now he's hurt, and we don't really know what the timeline for his injury is going to be either, so that complicates things. That probably complicated things a little bit, but to be able to do this to a division rival, and again, it's the poor Lions, and it's just like, man... I re- I was I was one of the believers that they were going to be decent this season. They were one of the worst too. teams in the NFL. They are shivs on defense. They can't stop anybody. I know Tua, Tyreek, and Jalen Waddle are insane and they're super good, but still they just they just can't do anything. And even though that offense is pretty decent, it just it's it's too bad. Um, but what I am really encouraged though, speaking of the Lions' offense is that that is a pretty high-flying offense to begin with. So in terms of Hawkinson fitting in, I'm actually pretty confident that he's going to fit in pretty quickly. Because Hawkinson's skill set, he's going to fit in perfectly. There, yeah, I have no, fast. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, quick. I have no concern. And, it, and the beauty is, not to cut you off, Jason, no, but the beauty in the, in the move, in my opinion, is they're obviously going to re-sign him at some point. They're going to re-sign yep. him. They're going to make sure he's a Viking for as long as possible. So this is not only a move for right now. This is also a move for the future. Now you have a guy that's the top 10 at his position that's going to be with your team probably for the long haul. And so now you have you have, you have have a guy that's going to be here. You have a guy that's going to be here. And now you have a guy that you can build around. You have an offense now that you can build around. So say the Minnesota Vikings don't make the Super Bowl this year. Say they make a deep playoff run, but they come up just short. Well, you know in the offseason that the offense is fine. Now – you have money, you have draft picks. Hey, let's let's improve this. Let's improve this defense now. Cause we know we're a, a solid defense away from truly competing for a Super Bowl. That's the beauty in this move. It's for the now and it's for the future. And if mm-hmm. I'm being honest, let's just can we call us can we call a spade a spade here on the Taxi Squad podcast? <laughs> just call a spade a spade. Irv Smith Jr. not only had issues with injury, he didn't look that great. He just, he just, plenty of opportunities. He he, he did not, he just, he didn't have a ton of opportunities and a ton of, but even when he was on the field, he he wasn't super impressive. Let's just be honest. And we all know the tight end position is a quarterback's best friend. So for him to not be able to, in at times, rely on Irv Smith Jr. to catch the necessary passes. In big moments, in big games. Any of them, to be honest with you. Johnny Montag drops, like any of them. It had to be fixed. He had, he had several fixed. big drops so far this season, and we're only, what, seven games in so far? Yep. I mean, hey, I mean, something needed to be done whether he was hurt or not, if I'm being brutally honest about the about this. Like, obviously, you mm. want to give him time, and if he didn't get, if he, you know, didn't get hurt, he probably would have had at least the duration of the season. But we just got to be honest. He didn't look that great, and this is a clear even with a healthy Irv Smith, this is a clear, massive upgrade at the position. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm feeling I'm, I'm, I'm fantastic. What I really like my favorite stat about TJ Hawkinson, just doing any research right now is he leads all tight ends in yards after contact. Yeah. So he catches yeah. the ball and then he don't like to go down. That's better than a Kelsey. That's better than Kittle, Mark Andrews, you, you name them any of them he's a beast he's a beast i'm curious though what is that and i've been trying to look it up what his pass blocking intangibles were i really don't know if he's that good or not or if he has been for detroit or anything but i mean i don't really care that's not really why i'm excited about tj hawkinson right 
because I want to see him involved in this offense. And for a guy like Kirk Cousins, who occasionally likes to just check down, I mean, he, do, he does. Um, this is an insanely awesome safety blanket to have now. And he's probably a little bit more mobile than Irv Smith. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it, it's so sad, man, because it, it seems like the injury bug more than anything with Irv has just been the thing that's been his Achilles heel. And it just hasn't been allowing him to get any form of consistency. He missed, you know, training camp with, what was that, a thumb? Thumb yep. or something like that? Yep. And so I, 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 at this point now with Hawkinson, very much doubt that we'll be picking up Irv Smith's fifth-year option at this point. If we have, maybe we have already. Actually, I don't no, know. That probably has actually already happened because it's his fourth year. Maybe we already have. No, I don't think they will. No, um, but mm-hmm. to move maybe the conversation along a little bit. Yes, seven and one is very mm. much on the table. It's a very high possibility, but they're going to have to go through the dreaded Washington Commanders, the four and four Commanders. The football team this Sunday. Um, let's let's maybe preview this Sunday's game. Uh, Artist, you want to kick us off here with a preview of Sunday? Yeah. So Washington is actually surprisingly playing good football. Um, and I guess I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you can say it's surprising because everybody seems to play better when Carson Wentz isn't in the lineup. But that's a conversation for another day. Hmm. Taylor Heineke has been doing really well. The the Commanders are on a two game winning streak, and this game is in Washington. So this game is not going to be the cakewalk that it would have been if Carson Wentz was in the lineup. Shots fired, shots fired. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What a surprise coming from you. Yes, yes. Again, shots fired, shots fired. You have Jalen Hurts. Get over it, dude. (laughs) Hey, hey, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, shots fired. But anyway, anyway, um, I still think the Minnesota Vikings have the upper hand on this football team. I think they're they're the better football team um, in this matchup. Um, especially with the addition now of Hutchison. And I expect him to be playing right away, obviously, with Earth Smith Jr. being out with injury. Um, but like I said, the the Washington football team, they're running the football well. They're throwing the football um, even a little a little better. Their defense has stepped up these last two weeks. I think these last two weeks they beat Green Bay. And I forget what the, what, the, what team they beat just last week. Colts. Look, the Colts, yes. They beat the Colts the as well. Yep. Um, and so it's a football team that is – they're not to be slept on. They're last in the NFC East right now, but they have a four and four record. And yeah. a lot of other divisions right now, they'd be a top, maybe top two seed um, with the NFL being as bad as it's been this year. So um, I expect the Vikings to get it done, but this, I think this is going to be another close game, especially seeing as though it is in Washington and that team is a little hot at the moment. So what do you guys think? Um, man, the, the NFC East is really just sneaky good this year, isn't it, Artis? Sneaky, sneaky good. I mean, besides your Eagles, obviously, and the Cowboys and the Giants, but, like, even the, the bottom team is 4-4 four and four there. Um, yeah, Taylor Heineke is playing well right now. And uh, what did you say, like, yeah, yeah, like, of course that the, the commanders are playing better and are the Carson Wentz is not their quarterback anymore? Yes. Well, how come the Indianapolis Colts aren't playing better now that Carson Wentz isn't their quarterback? Matt well, Ryan's out now, it. Sam Ellinger's in. Hey, I just, I drafted Jonathan Taylor number one overall in both of my leagues, and he has just been, I mean, besides Najee Harris, he has been, like, the biggest boss in all of fantasy football. So I'm yeah. just like... Come on, well, you, man. I thought Carson Wentz leaving was going to be a good thing, but no. Nope. Well, when you substitute Carson Wentz with Matt Ryan, you're not going to be much better. And I, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I did think they were going to be better. I did because I'm I'm thinking like how I've been thinking about Carson. Once he's not in the lineup, you get better. But then but Matt Ryan got in there, and Matt Ryan is not the most mobile quarterback. He's older, and, you know, he's getting hit in that pocket. 
your, your star running back gets hurt and it's just all downhill from there. So that yeah. kind of explains a lot of it. But mm-hmm. you know, anyway, Wentz was playing in this game. I think the Vikings <laughs> win this game yes. by at least 14 points. Let's yeah. Sorry. Was, sorry to tangent. He knows there, how to but, take a, he yeah. knows how to take a sack. I'll yeah. say, but Taylor Heineke is, is a boss. <laughs> he, he is a good player. He has literally had to fight for pretty much every opportunity in the NFL. And he goes out there and he, he doesn't really shine like he can definitely be very like turnover prone. He can make some pretty big mistakes, um, but he's he's a solid backup quarterback. He's not going to tank the commanders by any means necessary. He's going to keep them pretty much at the same level they were playing with with Carson Wentz. Maybe, God forbid, even uh, even better a little bit. Um, I don't believe Chase Young is back for this game yet. I know that he's coming back pretty soon. And I was kind of like thinking about that a few weeks ago. I was like, Oh yeah, I kind of forget about chase young and how awesome he is. He is incredible when healthy. He he's an absolute beast. I don't think he's going to be in for this game. I'm actually looking at something that his status has already been ruled out. So that's a break for the Vikings. Um, offensively, this is a pretty good receiving core. Um, Terry McLaurin is very good. Curtis Samuel's very good. Jahan Dotson, the rookie for the commanders. He has been, uh, he's been dealing with a hamstring injury for most of the year, but he had a really good first couple of weeks getting a lot of target. Granted, that was with Carson Wentz. I don't think he's developed a lot of chemistry with um, uh, uh, sorry, Taylor Heineke quite yet. Um, the running backs, decent. Um, I know that Brian Robinson is their main starter right now. Antonio Gibson's the backup, but Antonio Gibson's a pretty dang good backup running back. Uh, he can fill in pretty he, – he filled in very good while uh, Brian Robinson was still um, – nursing his, his gunshot injuries from uh, earlier in the year um, points per game though. I mean, Washington's not even averaging 20 points per game. And I know they've had shuffles at quarterbacks and at different positions too, but, and what was the final score in that Colts game? Like 17 to 16, something yep. like that. So yep. I'm not, this is obviously not nearly the same kind of offense. I mean, it's it's decent, but it's not not really something I'm scared of. Obviously, not like with the Cardinals, which which by the way, I mean, all things considered, sure we gave up 26 points to the Cardinals, but I was I was pretty damn happy with that defensive effort. All the all the the pressure that they put on Kyler Murray. How many rushing yards did he have? Like only like 30 or something like that. He did he did not get what Kyler Murray can potentially do. And yeah. obviously, like Zadarius Smith leads the NFL in sacks right now, boys. Who who would have thought that? Who, who actually would have thought that? Wait, he I don't the NFL in sex. I didn't know he, that. I, he that was... in, I think with like eight and a half. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah, dude. Micah then, because I know Micah was at the top like just last yeah. year. Yeah. And here's the best part the Packers are paying more of his salary this season than the Vikings. <laughs> and I mean, if we want to talk, we obviously we talked a lot of trade deadline. Uh, but a team that obviously didn't do anything at the trade deadline like they always do because they're kind of cheap in that way. Uh, the Green Bay Packers did not get Aaron Rodgers, a wide receiver. Sure and that just makes me so, so happy. So, And the, otherwise, with this game, um, yeah, I, I'm thinking the Vikings will take care of their business. At least I hope they do for the most yeah. part. Um, are you worried? Well, you know, honestly, I scoffed at this when I even thought of this to myself um, when I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about on the show today. But not, but I'm well. Actually, we can talk about another thing. But I, I'll bring up this right now. Like, you worry that JJ ain't getting in the end zone much? Or are you pretty happy that he's still getting a lot of yards? No, I think I, I'm not worried about it. Um, I did want to say before I move on to that though, they did put up 23 on the Packers, and even though the Packers haven't been great this season, 
and their defense hasn't been great. I still respect the playmakers on their defense. And maybe that's because, you know, Taylor Heineke was his first game back in the lineup in a while, so maybe they just weren't prepared for that. But with as bad as this Vikings pass defense is, I would not be shocked if Taylor Heineke went out there and put up more than 20 points on his defense. Neither would I. I mean, every team has at this point. Literally. The Bears, the Lions, everyone. Literally. we We don't blow teams out. It, I mean, and, and that's the whole reason for the Takasin move. If we're going to be not so good on defense, then we need to outscore opponents. Exactly. That's the point of bringing exactly. them in. Um, like but the, back to but back to JJ. No, no, I'm not really concerned about it because he's still getting the football, and it's it's probably going to get worse now with Hawkinson in the lineup. Like you, the beauty in this is in this sport, you can't just rely on one guy to win you games. You can't just rely on one guy to win you playoff games. You can't just rely on one guy to win you a Super Bowl. Sure, the Rams, yes, they had Cooper Cup, and he caught the ball a heck of a lot last year in the regular season and in the postseason. But they got the same guy right now at receiver, and they are trash. And you know, want to know a big part of the reason why they're trash, besides missing Von Miller and their offensive line not being the best, is because they don't have a guy named Odell Beckham Jr. opposite side of um, Cooper Cup to catch the football. And so the beauty in this offense right now is no JJ isn't going to get in the end zone every week. He's not going to get a million touchdowns, but you have Thielen, you have Hawkinson, you have Dalvin Cook who had a a, a monster game this past week. You got other guys that can get the football and make plays. So a defense just can't focus on, we got to stop JJ. We have to stop JJ because you stop JJ and now you have other receivers and other playmakers that are open. So I'm not concerned about it. And I don't think J.J. cares much about it because they're winning football games. They're much better than <laughs> what they were last season, especially on the offensive <laughs> side of the ball. And at the end of the day, you know, sometimes I get tired of people, you know, coming for certain receivers and calling them divas. Because if you notice, a lot of receivers that people call divas, they get called divas because they're not getting the football. But it's not just because they're not getting the football. It's because they're losing and not getting the ball. It's one thing to not be getting the football. It's another <laughs> thing to be losing and not getting the football. Because obviously, when you're a star receiver like a JJ is, you want if you're losing, you want to be a part of winning. Hey, give me the ball. I can help us win football games. Well, if JJ has, say hypothetically speaking, if J if they get to the Super Bowl, if they make a playoff run, and every game JJ has three receptions for 30 yards, but the Vikings are winning these playoff games and they're winning the Super Bowl, I don't expect them to be upset. Mm-hmm. I expect him to be yeah. happy because he's still probably the best player overall on this football team. He's still going to get a lot of the credit for defenses shading to his side of the field, and he's a winner at the end of the day. So yeah. I, I'm not tripping at all about him not getting the end zone. He yeah, also I, I don't think we're going to see any, what is it, Elijah Elijah Moore, Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. Which Did one he was, even get traded at all? Moore. Elijah Moore. He requested a trade. Did he get traded at all? Nope. They decided oh, that they wanted to hold on to him. They decided they wanted to keep him. So. You're going to sit and stew, my friend. Oh, I mean, th- this is Come paraphrasing, on. but did you guys see that? Uh, did you see that exchange of him and like him at his locker with the, with yeah. the journalists and stuff? Yeah. Yes. What, what's the relationship with Zach out there? Well, uh, I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not getting the ball. I'm not sure. <laughs> And that was Ooh. a brutally honest answer. If you're not yeah. football, then you really don't know what your chemistry is like. Yeah. I mean, what can you say? Yeah. I but think I'll we're friends off the field. Like, I we, we get lunch sometimes, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not getting the ball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was good last year, too. Like, he I was. mean, I know that Garen Wilson has obviously come on for them now, and Corey Davis sometimes, occasionally, decides to show up to a football game <laughs> occasionally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that... I'm surprised he didn't get moved. I thought, I mean, normally when 
especially in NFL, like when players request trades, they like to get their butts like right out of there. Like Robbie Anderson, for example, in Carolina, like the moment he had that confrontation with their coach, his butt was in Arizona in like 24 hours. Yeah, but a weird one is Kareem Hunt. He he just got doubled. Yeah, him too. Out of, so out of the last three games, yesterday I think they played yesterday, right? Monday night. Yeah. Yes. He got more touches in that game than the previous two games combined. So maybe something off the field resolved itself. But yeah, like he requested a trade and was like open about it. Yeah. And then didn't really factor in too much. And then yeah, okay, cool. I guess we're fine. Or you know, look at uh, who Cam Akers. Yeah. With uh, with the Rams. yeah him too yeah what a weird Jeez. scenario that is um this was a fun deadline guys there's yeah. so many angles with this this like seriously I don't remember an NFL trade deadline like this <laughs> they're normally boring they're not because I don't know for whatever reason they have been but this year nope it's been great it's been absolutely uh, great you guys want to throw down uh, little predictions on yeah, this let's game do a little it. bit so you want to put your money where your mouth is it's a three and a half line Vikings are favored. It opened uh, up as a pick'em, which I feel like it? is super weird. It's because I'm tell I'm telling y'all, I'm watching this team because they are in our division. They are getting <laughs> their I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs, but with Heineke, they're gonna be competitive. The thing about yeah. Washington is Washington defense, they can get stops. They got playmakers over there that can get stops. And their offense, like you said, Jason, they have weapons on the outside. Their run game is decent. They thought they was a quarterback away this past offseason, which is why they made the move to go get Carson Wentz. Yeah, but the problem with Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz takes sacks. To, not to throw more shade at him, but I'm just saying <laughs> he takes he takes sacks left and right. I mean, he, he will see an open man and say, I want to throw the ball further down the field, and he will take unnecessary sacks. That's why the Eagles got like nine on him when they played him. And that's why Cowboys, same thing, got a bunch of sacks on him. That's just the issue. But with Heineke, he's a mobile guy. He gets the ball out quick. And he's easier to play behind. I, I always take the stance of a defense needs an offense that's going to give them something to play for. Your defense always looks worse when they're on the field 24-7, and they always look worse when the offense doesn't get anything going. They just they go out there after getting a stop, and they feel defeated. So they are a sneaky, dangerous team. Now, now that I said that, I might as well go first because I was already ran. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I am gonna go with the Vikings, but I'm go I'm gonna go with the Vikings in another very close game. I'm you gonna say to, I get around. I don't think there's gonna be a ton of points scored. Um, the over so under is forty three and a half. In case that factors into your decision. No, nah, it doesn't. Because uh, okay. I, no matter what, the, <laughs> no matter what the spread was, I was gonna go close game honestly because. I think Washington at home with Heineke, it's crazy as it sounds. They are they're sneaky. They're very yeah. sneaky. Um so I I think the Vikings win this game probably by a score of somewhere around 20. Mm, I'll say 20 to 17. That's my final score for this game. Okay. Age. All right. I'll uh I I kind of went I'm not going to lie. I I'll fully admit it now, but I kind of went reverse jinx last year or last week, excuse me, with uh with my pick of the Cardinals over the Vikings. Yep. Reverse jinx worked. So super mm. happy Vikings got the win. Um Ooh. I I've heard Kirk talking about how they haven't really been able to like pull away from a team and yeah, they did in week 1 against the Packers, but like since then in these games they've won, they haven't been really able to like get in front and then never look back. It's always like, all right, they're getting closer. And oh my God, now we get a now a game winning drive. And but 
I think this is the week. I don't have any faith in the in the Washington Commanders. Mm. I don't have any faith in in t- Taylor Heineke. I like Scary Terry. Terry mm. McLaurin's great. He's so good. I don't have any faith in in, in Taylor Heineke. I Ooh. think, despite it being on the road, the Vikings are going to win. I'm not going to say they're going to like absolutely route them, but it's going to be one of those games where it's like mid second quarter, and you're like, I, I guess I could go to the grocery store now. I don't need to watch the rest of this. I know, <laughs> I know the ending. Um, I am going to say that the Vikings are going to win 28-17 Vikings. Before you go, Jason, for the first yeah. time, for the first time on Taxi Squad, I am going to change my pick. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on one second. I'm changing my pick. Whoa. No, Whoa. I'm sorry. Is this just, allowed, AJ? Can we allow What did this? I what did I say that makes you want to change your pick? Because I'm because I didn't say I, I or I, I feel the complete opposite of you, AJ, when you said I have no faith in the Washington Commanders and I have no faith in Taylor Heineke because Taylor Taylor Heineke is not a a uh, a top twenty guy. He's not a top fifteen no. guy. He's a but very he competent me, backup quarterback. He can fill he in well. He, you know who he reminds me? Of? Not his play style, but like his leadership intangibles and like people wanting to play for him. It's going to be a weird comparison, so bear with me. Do you know who he reminds me of? Tim Tebow. That's what he reminds me of. <laughs> Hopefully there's a better spot. I, I, I kid you not. I know it's a weird comparison, but okay. they play for him. I'm telling yeah. you guys. They play for Taylor Heineke because he gives them a shot with his legs, with his arms, with his heart. They, 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 they you, you they know who he really reminds me of now? This that? generation's Ryan Fitzpatrick. That, that's another, that's, that's probably even a better comparison. You think like so? A, Thank with you. like less of an arm, though. Less of an and arm, not Ryan as good of a beard or a Harvard education. Yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick has a cannon. I'm, <laughs> I'm switching my pick because I, I, this past defense for the Vikings is an issue. So I know I'm sorry. I'm sorry, fans. I'm, I'm you're real cold. Yes, and you're but no. at home. These guys are on a two-game winning streak. They just beat the Packers. They just beat the Colts. I think the Vikings coming off, I believe, an emotional win over the Cardinals. I think they dropped this game to the Washington Commanders. I'm changing my score as well. I'm going to say a score of 24 to 21 Washington Commanders. Wow. Now, I see both of your guys' comparisons or, like, your, your analogies. Let, I have I have one for you. QBs are like knives, right? Mm-hmm. At the top of the peak, you have the hibachi. It's going to slice through anything, and that is Patrick Mahomes, and that's Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins is kind of like the butcher knife where he's clean. He's going to cut through it all. Like he's ma- At times, maybe not the best option, but he's getting the job done, and he's doing it efficiently. Mm-hmm. Taylor Heineke is a butter knife. <laughs> which are serviceable sure, in no, certain sure, situations sure he can he can he can cut stuff but it ain't gonna be pretty it's gonna be jagged <laughs> and, and you you might and you might cut yourself too all right yeah He'll so at least in this matchup spread. i'm not yeah. going with the butter knife i'm going with kirk cousins you go with the butcher knife i'm going with the <laughs> more efficient deadlier he knows his role he knows his job x and o's i'm going with kirk cousins it, it, there's just sim i I'm telling you right now, there is simply no way 
that the Vikings lose this weekend. They have a 0.0 chance of losing this week. That's a lie. I'm I telling you that much okay. right now. I'm telling you that much right <laughs> Technically, now. I, I, this is my only time chance. so far this year that I'm fully backing the Vikings without hesitation whatsoever. And naturally, Ooh. they're going to have a giant, terrible game. Nat <laughs> like Naturally, they're going to now that I'm saying this. But I have no faith in the Washington Commanders. So a 0.0 chance that the okay. Vikings lose this game. All right, so AJ, your final score was 28-17, Vikes. Artist, your final score was 24-21, Washington. Here's the thing, as I do the tiebreaker here. The Commanders haven't scored more than 20. They've scored 23 points one time in their last five games. That's when that's when they beat Green Bay. Um, obviously, different quarterbacks in certain situations, but I'm just really not afraid of this offense, even though we still have plenty of question marks about the defense. Taylor Heineke, admittedly, he is a D-A-W-G dog. I would trust him as my backup quarterback if he were on the Vikings. Um, and he will play for them. He will play well for them. He also is turnover prone. He can throw some pretty weird interceptions in key moments too. Um, but the Vikings are rolling guys. I'm really encouraged by this. I don't know how much Hawkinson will be involved in this first week. It's very rare for players when they get traded to really, really get involved in that first week that they're on a team. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was kind of the case. Um, he got traded like two days before his first game with the Niners. And even though he played a little bit, he like he was there for the first couple opening drives. He hardly pretty much played the rest of the game. So I don't really know how much to expect with Hawkinson here. Um, but JJ's going. I loved how Adam Thielen looked a little bit more mobile. I know he kind of got a little bit banged up too against the Cardinals. So we'll see what his health status will be. KJ Osborne caught that touchdown. Very much appreciate that. Even though I want him to get more involved in the receiving yard aspect. Of the Vikings offense, I love that he's a red zone threat. I absolutely love that. I want that more of him. Is good if he's going to be anything, that's fine. JJ can get all the yards, but Adam and KJ can get the touchdowns, that's fine. But I still, at, at this point, KJ had like a 100 yard receiving game. I just kind of want that. Um, if that could happen today, that'd be fantastic. But guys, we're we're not even we're not we're not even talking about the biggest storyline with this game. This is Kirk Cousins' first time back to FedEx Field. First time back to play his former football team. Will that factor into this at all? I know the game's at noon. It's not in prime time, so hopefully it shouldn't. But will it? I Kirk don't really know. Season. Kirk seems, even though, uh, I mean, he's missing some open targets right now. Um, he did fumble against the Cardinals, even though, I mean, that was a blindside hit. I, don't, I think any quarterback in that situa situation would have fumbled. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe get a little bit of jitters coming out of this maybe start a little bit slow like we saw the vikings and jj shaking his head absolutely, absolutely not, not. i love the confidence brother, aj i love it i love it but i'm, I'm, putting, I'm betting the house on the vikings washington <laughs> hey, hey, has a hey, hey okay they have zero a point zero okay i'll just make my pick now okay fine vikings will start slow but they'll eventually get their feet going they're going to win this ball game. I'm not convinced really too much of this Washington offense. I don't think they're going to score 20 points. I'm going to say that the Vikings will win this game by a final score of 25 to, um, I'm going to say, um, it'll still be kind of close. I'm going to say like 19. And uh, by the way, by the way, by the way, guys, what was the final score of the Vikings Cardinals game? It was 34, 26, right? Yes. My prediction last week, I predicted the Vikings would win 33-26. One point off. One point off. 
one point off. Artis, you predicted the correct final score for the Cardinals as well. You guessed a 26 too. So fist bump into the camera, my brother. Good picks. Good picks. AJ, we need a little bit more out of you, man. Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, gentlemen. So talk to me when you get it spot on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And with that, would you guys like to transition into a little Timberwolves basketball talk? Yes, Um, of course. So... The thing I actually want to bring up first, artist, with you beyond like just what happened on the court, which I mean, you know, there's some we, we can talk about what happened on the court and that Spurs game a little bit. But the one thing that actually has me a little bit encouraged this week, guys, is that the noise kind of died down. I really haven't been seeing too many jokes on Twitter or articles written or anything about, you know, obviously the Popeye's comments that cat made about Anthony Edwards. It Mm -hmm. seems to have completely just like not necessarily gone away. Obviously we're talking about it right now, but in terms of just like how it's been circulated, it's died down and it hasn't really been, I don't know, brought up too much in terms of like the Timberwolves coverage and analysis that I at least absorb here through score North and others as well. And here's the reason why I think this is the case. Anthony Edwards was asked the next night about it. And how could you not ask him about it? It was a huge story. It got picked up by everyone. And he just completely, like, just shook it off as not being a big deal. Just like, like yeah, whatever, man. Like, I'm just kind of just doing the game. And, like, it's, it's not a big deal for me. He didn't even look like any particular, like, emotions on his face. It just seemed like brush off the shoulder. No big deal. And, man, for probably one of the weirdest situations he'll have to deal with in a teammate in his career, I just got to give like claps to just the class that Anthony Edwards has shown in this last week, because it kind of has allowed us now, and we'll go into this next, it's going to allow us to talk about the actual basketball instead of the stuff that's happening off the court, which is obviously like, I mean, it's not just a Timberwolves issue. This is happening across the league. Obviously with your Lakers artists, there's a lot of stuff going on there. The Brooklyn Nets, obviously they just finally imploded. They fired Steve Nash today, but I'm really encouraged that the Vi- or not the Vikings, the Timberwolves, maybe, and and obviously we they need to play better on the court, but it seems like they've already kind of quelled this, and I appreciate that, and I think that has a lot to do with just Ant's leadership. Yeah, um, Ant is is as far as leadership is concerned. I think we both agree that Ant is going to have to be that voice in the locker room that gets everybody together, gets everybody up for these games. Um, It's the guy that's the motivator and the best player on the floor. I think we both agreed on that. And he's showing the leadership intangibles that we kind of wanted from Cat. Like, he doesn't strike me as the guy that's going to go out in the media and take a shot at his own teammate. He never would do that. He would never do that. Take a shot at a guy's diet and all that type of stuff. I mean, we both agreed it was unnecessary. I think everybody agreed it was unnecessary. And who knows what type of conversations that they've had about that off the court. I thought it was pretty funny that Popeyes came out and was like, uh, what, what exactly did they say, Jason? Like, uh, uh, oh, to, yeah, uh, like shout out to any high level athletes who still eat Popeyes, no matter what their teammates say about them. Yeah, From, I, 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 we I actually pretty... tweeted that on Score North, too. We screenshot that tweet and we posted that out. It, it was funny. Yes, I, th- I thought that was pretty funny. I thought that was pretty funny and it was good. It was it was a good way to kind of laugh it off. And I'm glad that they were able to shrug it off and move on. But when it comes to the basketball, though, um, so since we last recorded, they have won two of the last three games. Mm-hmm. Something about these Spurs, man. Like I don't. Know I told you, you, pop teams. They just come to play, and they're. St- and I mean, they're still winning. It's not. They're not guy, just beating us. And this guy, I think his his name is 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 Keldon Keldon Johnson, for the Spurs. Mm-hmm. 
has been I hadn't heard and, and you guys know I watch ball. Yeah. I I hadn't really heard of, of that name ever. Yeah, I'm not right. gonna lie. Like Which I Which is I a classic Spurs I, I thing, right? The Spurs yes. always have guys that you just never hear of until they're in like high situations and they ball out. Classic Spurs. But you look them up. But you look him up last season. Last season he averaged somewhere around seventeen. This year he's averaging around twenty three points a game, and he has given the Wolves issue issues, <laughs> especially in the pick and roll game. Every time he's able to get a pick on cat, a, a ball screen, and get a switch on cat or a switch on Gobert, he is cooking you driving baseline. He's cooking you driving to the paint. He's cooking you stepping back for three. I mean, the the young man can ball, and he's been an issue for them. So far in these last couple games, I mean, he gave him 25 in the game that they lost. And, I mean, he was really the X factor on that basketball team. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, McDermott gave you 23 as well. Dougie um, McBuckets. Yeah, McDermott gave him 23 um, off of the bench. And I don't know how he was getting wide open again. It kind of started with the pick and roll game because they're trying mm-hmm. to help over help a lot of times in this pick and roll game because it's been such an issue. And now you're leaving shooters open on the outside. These guys shot, what is this? I'm looking at the percentage, just 40% from the three and 41% from the field in that game against the against the Timberwolves. Well, while we shot, Timberwolves, thir- yeah, sorry, go ahead. Didn't while the Timberwolves shot call. 13%, if you want to round it up because it's 13.8, 14% from, <laughs> uh, from three-point range and 40% from the field. That's just simply not going to get it done. It's not going to get it done. Now, if you go to the games that they won, though, Obviously, they're playing better on the offensive side of the ball. You you starting to see a lot of the, uh, of the hustle that I was clamoring and begging yes. for last week yes. because when you play two bigs, you have to hustle to the ball a whole lot more. So we saw a lot more of that in the game against the Lakers. And honestly, the Lakers kind of hung around in this game. If I'm being honest, they they hung yeah. around in this game. I mean, you got LeBron, Russell Westbrook played decent in this game, surprisingly. Um, <laughs> but you know. Carl Anthony Towns, even though his leadership intangibles have been in question, his play on the court in this specific game was special down the stretch of that game. I think he didn't miss a shot and killed the Lakers from the outside in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. I think he made all of his threes in the fourth quarter of that game and ended the game with 21 points and eight rebounds. And so they found a way to win that game. And then they did play the Spurs again before that game. And right. they put up they put up 134 points. They allowed 122. But when you shoot, what is it here? When you shoot... 58% from the field, if you want to round it up. Uh, I'm sorry, 50, 59% from three, if you want to round that up. They shot 58.8. And you shoot 65% from the field, you're going to win that basketball game, and probably no matter how many points you give up. The defense has to improve. I mean, that's just – it is what it is. Mm-hmm. The transition defense has to improve. It, it is what it is. Um, but which was an expected uh, thing because of the players you acquire. You exactly, lose some of your hustle exactly. guys like Jared Mander. But this was a give-and-take thing, but we've just seen more of the give than the take yes. at this point in the season. But like you said, it, ha- it has been better. Better, I, I want, but still just like, oh, it's still it's something still, in question. Still not really, I mean, yeah. not cooking with the right tools, I'll um, they're, the using, thing, they're using yeah. butter knives in the kitchen, as, oh, as AJ yeah. would say. They, they have to improve on a pre- – especially the perimeter defense, the pick-and-roll defense. I mean, again, I hate to call Ann out again, but, I mean, where no, – He's a superstar. Fans? Do it, dude. Super, I mean, this come is on not what, no, This is what we should do. We should 
not necessarily call out superstars just for the sake of calling out superstars, but yes. hold them accountable in public forums just like this. Yes. And I think Ann wants to be that guy. So, I mean, yes. yeah, we should definitely hold them to this kind of standard. The thing I'm biggest concerned about right now, artists, is the three-point shooting. We're bottom five in the league right now with the Lakers, with the Thunder, with the Clippers, with the Magic. Um, and unless wow. – and, and, and you know what? Some things have to level out too because we still have like career – field goal percentages that you know obviously when the season starts those are those unless like a player's absolutely balling out like unless you're like john morant or something like that like Mm -hmm. it takes not necessarily a while but those stats will eventually level out eventually to what the career norms are for these players so yes even though carl might not be shooting um the best right now let's see his three point percentage right now is actually it's at 34 percent but he he can get that he can get that and he can get that Carl and Anthony Towns can get it right. up to 38 right. 39 40%. Right. But there's those things level out eventually. So even though like right now the Timberwolves are a bottom 5 three point shooting team, extrapolate that out through the entire season as these averages just kind of, you know, play out, that won't be the case. I'm not expecting that to be the case. I know that. I mean, I know he was so streaky, but I mean Malik Beasley did provide a pretty significant three-point cushion when he was on this team. When he was yeah. healthy, when he was available, I get that. And we don't really have just that sh- just shoot. I mean, it's probably a detriment that we even had him in the first place, but we just don't have a guy that just gets up shots. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I th- I, I, Ant's probably that guy right now. I'd probably argue that Ant might be, because I would argue that Malik Beasley was last year's most reckless shooter. Ant might right. be this year's most reckless shooter. But I'm okay with that because I want him to shoot, but I need I need him to stop having these three for fifteen performances. Well, in, well, so. in all honesty, I mean they got guys that can they got guys that can shoot. They just gotta heat up. It's still pretty yeah, early. right, right. Um, I think you know, this is D-Lo a timing thing. From, D'Lo can shoot from the outside. Jaden McDaniels mm-hmm. can also shoot. Maybe not the the most consistent, but he can also shoot from the outside. Obviously, you mentioned Ant. Carl Anthony Towns just won a three point shootout. So obviously he can shoot from the outside. Um, Byron Forbes that they got in the offseason yeah. is a dang good shooter. His problem is he's a liability on defense. He's part of the reason why McDurbin in the last game went for like, forget how many points it was, but exploded against the Minnesota Timberwolves because his defense was an issue. He was mm-hmm. over helping on screens. He was trying to help out in the paint at times where he didn't need to help out instead of, uh, instead of staying attached to the shooter. And it, it gave the Spurs wide open looks. They got yep. guys that can shoot. Um, they just need to heat up, and and the guys that can really shoot cannot be liabilities on defense. No. They need guys that are going to be solid three and yeah. D players because you can't give up the three on one end and hit the three on the other. Like you, the point is to make it three and stop the other team from making threes as well. Right. That, at, at the end of the day, and right. so he's not going to get that much tick, even though he's probably one of the best three point shooters on the team. Byron Forbes, that is, but I'm not too concerned about the three point shooting this early in the season because I think when it comes down to it. They have guys that can stretch the floor and that can hit the, that yeah. can hit the three. They just gotta get in rhythm and yes. make them when they're there. That's that's yeah. that's the problem. They gotta get in rhythm and hit them when they're there. I want to give a quick shout out though to Jalen Noel. Mm. I said this to you off air, and I'm saying it to you now on air. He is the X factor on this team. Last it year is? I said it was um, D'Lo. I think this year he's the X factor. He has the potential to go and win six man of the year this year. Mm. I think he's averaging about twelve points a game this year. But he's the kind of guy that is the spark plug off the bench that you need. He's not the best shooter from the outside, but he is streaky. He's a great slasher. He's decent on defense. 
he's a go-getter and he's a guy that is playing with a different type of energy and a different type of fire because he's finally getting some tick you know last year he didn't get a ton of tick but when he did he was effective mm-hmm. in Carl Anthony Towns when D'Lo on cat missed games he was effective now that Vanderbilt's not on the team and and Pat Bev's not on the team, and you have an obvious void that you need to fill. Beasley's not on the team. You have an obvious void that you need to fill coming off that bench. He has come in. He's filled that void very well. Again, he's streaky, but he's a guy that he could be one of the best six men in the league if he keeps at the rate that he's yeah. at right now. I will he, say that. he. De- I mean, if, if he wants to win that award, he is going to have to get his stats up a little bit. Of course. He, of he, course. He's not going to be able to win that shooting 41%. From the field, twenty six percent from three. But I um, unless unless the intangibles on defense and in other aspects of his game are just through the absolute roof, which I mean, yeah, he he definitely brings the attitude. But no, he he definitely has a chance. He probably has the best chance to win six man of the year than a lot of Timberwolves in previous seasons. I love um, my thing is I love his aggression in that game that they won against mm-hmm. the Spurs a couple nights ago when they dropped one hundred and thirty four points. He had twenty six or twenty three points, four rebounds, two assists. Sure. He shot. Um, nine of thirteen from the field. I'm just saying, I like his aggression. I like his attitude. His go get it yeah. mindset. And I think that that's something that the shooting percentages and the points they will they will improve. I believe yes. he'll improve. I think yeah. he'll and you know, like Burn Forbes. Like, yeah, Burn Forbes ain't gonna keep shooting twelve percent exactly. Delo is gonna shoot better than twenty seven percent from three eventually. Like again, these averages need just to play out. More so than just in seven seven games of a reg- of the start He's of the regular guy. season. Yeah, Noel is yep. a guy I think is going to average sixteen a game, and if he can do yep. that on a winning basketball team, because that is key, win some games. Yep. I think he'll definitely be in the running yep. for six men of the year this year. Right. Yep. So uh, probably next time we talk here on Taxi Squad, Wolves are playing actually the Phoenix Suns right now. Do you got the score? Twenty four eighteen for whatever that's worth. Uh, Milwaukee, Houston, the Knicks, and Phoenix again. And we'll, uh, we'll recap all that for you on Taxi Squad. But let's move into a little bit of hockey talk. Um, guys, not only am I encouraged by the goaltending of the Minnesota Wild, it's been much improved over the past week and even more so than that. But what I really, really love, and it's manifested itself again tonight uh, as the Wild are hosting Montreal, I believe the score right now. What is it? 4-1 right now still? Just Ladies, wrapped up. Just wrapped up. 4-1. Perfect. Um, guys. This power play is playing out of its mind. It had at least one power play goal tonight. Was there another age or was it just the one tonight? I just got the one, I believe. Okay. But either way, I believe top five in the NHL. Um, the power play has been something that's been left a lot left to be desired for Minnesota Wild fans uh, for a lot of years. But to start the season, man, it is just en fuego. Yeah, no. And this that's refreshing. Last year, it was uh, the opposite of that. Non fuego is that what is that what the <laughs> see si, si, senor I took, I took German in high school so I have no idea um nine yeah <laughs> but uh but yeah no it's uh it, it's refreshing and then I I I I knew it I I knew they were gonna batten it down a little bit in terms of defense and just goaltending like Mark Mark Andre Fleury is not that yeah, bad no. the first the first two games are not that bad um. And you know they they've gotten around to it. Unfortunately, injuries are starting to pile up on that road trip. They, yes. they lost uh, Marcus Foligno, Ryan Hartman. Uh, we just saw Brandon Duhame head down the tunnel earlier tonight. Uh, oh, no. He stayed out with an upper body injury, so you never know what's going to happen there. But it, mm. I mean, other than that, it's 
things are looking We're better. Along. Things are yeah. looking better. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll have to see because they did lose a game to the 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 Detroit Red, Red Wings. Wings. Yeah. That was I. I think they that like there there have been times already this season where I'm like they were the better team and they should have won. That was one of the instances. Uh, but they also have had games where they were terrible and they somehow got a point like against the Boston right. Bruins. So um, also Chicago should not, you should not be going to a shootout with the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, I know they still have yeah. some guys like Patrick Kane is still there. Jonathan Taves is still there, but it's the Chicago Blackhawks. I, they, and they've been hot to start the year. So they're kind of a right. weird, they're kind of a weird anomaly. Um, but no, I mean, it, like for the most part, things are starting to turn around, especially like I said, the goaltending for all the people who started the season were like, oh, we should have, you know, helped out, held on to Cam Talbot. Yeah, I want Cam Talbot. Shut up. Mark andre <laughs> Fleury is great. He, he's yeah. just fine. You just need to relax. There's 82 games in a season. I think we can allow two bad performances. He was the third star of the, of the week for the right. NHL last week. Yeah. Let's relax. Yeah. Let's relax. Um, the yeah. thing that really was encouraging for me too, if we're talking goaltending, sure they lost to Detroit, but Gustafson was in net for that game, and he only surrendered the two goals because he also, I mean, he gave up six goals to to the to the Kings, also to the Avalanche as well. Kings are, he, no, Kings he, he are weird. He, Kings were weird because he got brought off the bench for that. That's what. That's right. That's right. That's period. right. I forgot that Flurry got pulled. Um, so it was nice to also see, regardless, that the backup situation is also, I mean, sure, one game, one game on the road, whatever. Red Wings are hopefully a better team this year, but it was still nice to not, you know, hopefully yeah, at least be able to rely on him if potentially, God forbid, Flurry gets streaky again and starts allowing more goals. Um, yeah, no, this was an encouraging week, especially because a lot of, I mean, you just wrapped up a five game, uh, road trip too, even though you had your first four games at home. So it's yeah. kind of just been like the wild have been on the road or they've been at home. Now it starts to get mixed up again. You got, you won against Montreal today. That was at the X Seattle's in town. Then we got AJ's dreaded West coast swing with nine o'clock puck drops. Can't stand those. I love them personally, but that's just cause my job is my job. Um, so we got Seattle, LA, Anaheim. That's probably what we're going to get probably the next week. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, you you mentioned that, but yeah, they kind of go, they go home for two road for three back and forth for one and one. And then they have a 10 game homestand. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm counting seven. Nope. Sorry. I count. I miscounted. It's nine, but it's, uh, it's Pittsburgh, Carolina. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I see San Jose, but then it's a road oh, game. Oh, wait, 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 wait. The, the format, I'm, uh, they're doubling up on games. I'm at ESPN. I don't know One, if ESPN's right. Four, five, six. Yeah, no, it's 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 seven. It's seven. It doesn't matter. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But Jeez, hey, it's why seven is games. That, why, why, why is the NHL doing that to us? Not I don't mine. like that. Yeah, that's it's a weird. It's a weird. There's out. something going on. The California. I mean, I know that like when the high school state hockey tournament's going on, like they send us on the road for like a week or two, but a road for that long? Around at home for that long? No, that's strange. I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> Lots it of is. games on ESPN Plus, though. Like every one of those home games is getting some national coverage there. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Even though I think you can get a lot of, I think you can get every. Can't you get any every NHL game pretty much on ESPN Plus nowadays? Uh, not in market. Not in market. Well, of course you can't get 
never can get so anything in market. They need to fix but, that. But yeah, bottom line is uh, Wild have turned it around. I'm I'm happy, much yeah. happier than I than I was a week two weeks ago. Um, <sighs> I just you know just keep playing like it. I'm excited for next week, and unfortunately, we don't have a lot in that time frame because they're going uh, Seattle at home. And then mm-hmm. when we're recording next, it'll probably be up until puck drop for Kings on the road. But that next week of Kings, Anaheim, Kraken, all on the road, yeah, um, that's tough because you gotta get you gotta you gotta dish it right back to the Kings. Anaheim is like a up and coming; they're gonna be good. Um, a lot of young talent there, and they just kind of find that way to win. And Seattle is still Seattle, so that should yes. be at least a win. I would like to if you take if you can get points and. All three, I would be okay with it, but you got to. I think Man. if you're winning two of those games, we're fine. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if Phil's gonna go to the uh, wild game out in Seattle. There, he lives like right next to the arena. He lives like literally blocks away from uh, what's it called, Climate Pledge Arena, something like that. The old Key Arena where the the old Supersonics played, where they're probably gonna play in the future when uh, they move like the Pelicans out of New Orleans or something like that. We'll see. Yeah, let's see what happens with the Wild. Like you said last week, AJ, they're playing like they should, and that's only carried over more into this week. So, yeah, it was it was it was a, it was a really weird start to that season. It didn't look good, but they've rebounded pretty nicely. And now just yeah, get healthy and stay healthy. Get healthy. And do we have any like updates on Hartman or any of those guys? Not that I know yet? of. I, I've heard probably not promising. Uh, okay. Is is Greenway back yet, or is he still dealing not with something? Yet. Not yet. Not yet. Because because I'm seeing the beat writers every day, man. It's like the lines are just on shuffle on Spotify every single practice. It seems like a new guy's trying here with this guy over here. I, I've ne- I haven't seen. I've, I've said this before. I, I've I've never seen Dino juggle this much this fast into the season. So um, and uh, if things continue on. He only will have to continue to juggle. So. Yeah, no, so it'll be fun. Also, quick shout out to Marco Rossi, five nine, absolutely leveled first overall draft pick. Slavkovsky, like in the dying mo- uh, like minutes of this game, just causing havoc, chaos. We got line scrums following that. Also, weird, weird move by Dean Evison though. After that, and clearly like public enemy number one for Montreal, throw him right back out there, and then what? Crazy, crazy what happens where the basically the entire line midway through the shift is just like all right we're gonna go pick on this guy um so w- weird move right there but uh but yeah no that bottom line while while they're looking better i'm happy yes and, and what line is rossi on right now he's actually bumped up he's been playing a there little more go. with uh Kaprizov, which yep. is exactly yes. what i want to see yes amen to that so all right good stuff gentlemen <laughs> man again this trade deadline for the nfl i i really i'll, I'll have to see as like the articles come in over the next couple of days or so i really don't remember this active of a deadline, um, not only just across the league with big stars within our division too. the bears even made a move getting chase Claypool. The bears were surprised. I mean, they sold a lot too, but I was surprised that they made a trade that way, but obviously getting Hawkinson in here. Oh guys, it's, I'm, I'm so excited to see what do you guys are. What are your pretty much final thoughts as we wrap up today? My final thought. Oh, <laughs> Either no, of you, no. Whoever's uh, listening. My, my final <laughs> thoughts are: um, the Vikings made a splash at the trade deadline that says that they are going for it. That says that they are. They feel as though this offense is on the cusp of making a deep playoff run and maybe even a Super Bowl run. So, 
that is special. I'm happy to see that they took that chance. I'm happy to see the Wild, like you said, took a chance on the team and got a big time piece. I'm happy to see that the Timberwolves did the same, even though they put their play needs to improve. But Minnesota sports teams, like you guys said, like we reiterated earlier in the show, getting those splash pickups saying we don't want to be the team of old. We don't want to be the teams of old. We want to go win championships now. And you love to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my final thought is knives. Stick, <laughs> stick, stick with the more efficient knife and you're, you're going to be just fine. What is like the 0.0% uh, chance that the Vikings lose on Sunday. Did you guys see that Knives Out movie? Yes, guess, tremendous, actually. When, when was, I have, uh, I oh, yeah, it's so good. And when, when's the when's the sequel coming out? What's it called? Glass Onion? Is it on Netflix Glass or Onion, I, th- I think. I think that's like December on Netflix. It's coming up soon. It's coming up soon. Or is it later is this the month? First, is the first movie y'all just said about Knives, is that on Netflix? Uh, no, not even what streamer it is on. Right? Oh, it might okay. actually, I, I mean, I have pretty much all of them. It might be on HBO Max right now. Gotcha. Um, when, when's it coming out? When's it coming out? <laughs> November twenty third. November twenty third is when that comes out. Okay, so yeah, very soon. Very soon. I'll be checking that out. Anyway, let's wrap up the show, guys. Let's get you guys home. Let's get my shift started. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us for a very explosive trade deadline episode of Taxi Squad. This was a whole lot of fun. I can't wait to see what TJ Hawkinson does in this offense. It's going to be a whole lot exciting. My name is Jason Stormer. We got Artis Woods right there. We got AJ Fredrickson kind of right there. I'm pointing at them on camera. You guys can't see this. It's a podcast. Please give us a five-star review on Apple, if you don't mind. Uh, you can check us out on Spotify, too. A lot of other streaming platforms out there as well. But the number one option to support the Taxi Squad and Score North in general is to go on our website or download our app and give us a download for the episode itself. It gets nice and cozy on your phone for you so you can listen to it literally whenever wherever we would very much appreciate it again thank you for joining us for another awesome episode of the score nor taxi squad we will talk to you next week guys take care bye-bye